Yo and hello, listeners. This is Jody from the future. Just giving you a heads up that there are a couple of audio problems with this week's episode. It's bound to happen. We're both just working from our homes and we're working in southern Ontario where it's hot and sometimes the AC has to stay on. So thanks for sticking with us and hope you enjoy this episode. Yo and hello. Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. We're wondering. Do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? Because we do, and now we talk about it on the internet 15 years after it ended, but that's okay. Sometimes a podcast is just talking about something from 15 years ago. It's true. I feel like there's a lot of those, actually, so we're in good company. Yeah. Today we're looking at Season 2, Episode 7, Bridget Over Troubled Waters. First aired October 1st, 2004, written by Will McRobb and directed by Don Shabib who is also the director of Going Down the Road. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? <laughs> the like... Holy shit. Famous seminal piece Going of Canadian film. Going Down the Road. Down the road. Yes. But also in, uh. in finding out that fact, I found out there was a sequel in 2011. Did you know that there was a sequel to there Going is. Down the Road? I did know. Isn't it called something like Still Going Down the Road or Going Down the Road Again? <laughs> down the Road Again. <laughs> There should be a third one, though, called Still Going Down the Road. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps going. So uh, guest stars for this episode, we've got Laura Amercy as Bridget. She was also in shows like Monster Warriors, Life with Derek, and Overruled. And she's currently an AP with Jordan Entertainment. And we've also got Fast and Dirty as themselves. Uh, Fast and Dirty is a former comedy duo from Toronto made up of Robert Hawk and Gord Oxley. They're now in the improv group The Coincidence Men, who have performed at Comedy Bar in Toronto and more recently in the Stupid Good Comedy Show at SoCap. Oh, cool. I'm amazed you found anything on Fast and Dirty. I was trying to find stuff on them and all I could find was their album on Spotify. It's not a fun thing to Google. Yeah, right? God. (laughs) Another thing about Lara is... uh... I was looking up Monster Warriors because I was intrigued. It looks like a wild show. It's like these four kids and uh, who like fight off monsters. Her character, Vanka, is described as, according to Wikipedia, the bravest of the warriors and a dedicated practitioner of obscure martial arts. So she's like the Travis of the group. <laughs> and the show also stars Jared Kiso, who's the star and creator of Letterkenny. <laughs> oh. And and Yanni Gelman, aka Paolo from the Lizzie McGuire movie. Shut up. Paolo. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, we do not deserve so, Monster Warriors. Yeah, that one looks wild. It's from like 2007-ish, so maybe slightly outside our preview, but maybe we'll maybe we'll get to that one because I watched a little bit of it and it looks bizarre. <laughs> oh, thank God. How can you speak objectively? You think of Lily every minute of the day. Every second, actually. Yeah. Well, I think about her every millisecond. Oh, really? You think about her a thousand times a second. So, <laughs> Ray and Travis are walking through the hallway having a real dumb fight about who thinks of Lily more often. <laughs> It's such a like a immature teen fight. It's yeah. great. <laughs> Ray and Travis are goofing, and then somebody puts their hands over Travis's eyes and says, "Guess who?" And he says, "Can I have a hint?" And the person says, "It's me." <laughs> like that's a hint. <laughs> great. Perfect. Like, oh, me. Of great. course. <laughs> of course. But she uh, takes her hands off of his eyes, and he turns around, and it's Bridget, who we've never seen before, but apparently is a. Uh, Somebody from Travis's past. 
So they they yes. hug in the hallway just as Lily and Robbie are coming downstairs and they they spot him and Lily's got a conflicted look on her face at the the thought of Travis yeah. having a new potential love interest. But while that drama is going on, we get uh, a little break from the relationship drama as Robbie just kind of, you know, is raving to Lily about his favorite comedy duo, Fast and Dirty, playing at Mickey's, who apparently <laughs> are, are just like, they just do a bunch of like, kind of like gross boy kind of songs. So Lily's like, not super yes. into it and is like kind of playing along like fake enthusiasm, but mostly just kind of ribbing Robbie about like how stupid <laughs> the, the content is. Yeah, they've clearly gone to see this before, and Lily even says with sarcasm, like, let's go camp out. And Robbie's like, oh, cool, I'll ask my mom. <laughs> He's just like, it's funny that, you know, uh, to see Robbie be into this, like, super crass kind of gross stuff. But he yeah. is still a 14-year-old boy, so. Yeah. We go to Travis and Bridget on the iconic staircase of staircases, um, chatting about uh, their time in Hong Kong, because I guess Bridget's from Hong Kong, or she met Travis in Hong Kong, and apparently she's there because her mom's architecture firm is designing the airport. Roscoe's getting an airport, <laughs> but they're so small. They're so <laughs> I don't small. understand. All right. <laughs> Where are you going to fly to? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just, I love the concept that anybody would be traveling from across the world like having a prominent position like internationally to this tiny <laughs> shitty little town. And it's happened twice now. It's happened twice that these yeah. these two wind up in Roscoe together. Like it's it's very uh very random, very weird, but uh we get, you know, just just them kind of like bonding, trying to, you know, pick things back up and get get caught up with each other. You know, Travis asks, how's life? And Bridget's like, well, maybe you'd know if you answered any of the emails that I've sent you this whole time. Ooh. And then Travis, like, gets up <laughs> off the stairs. He's like, I know. I'm sorry. And, like, turns away. And, like, I I get so the, dramatic. I get the blocking of this scene. I get why they did it. Where he's, like, standing turned away from her. And she's, like, sitting on the stair. But, like... From an audio standpoint, like, I'm just, like, completely facing away, yes. talking into a loud hallway. Yes, I'm so sorry, Christian. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I meant to get back to you on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I like how you, you treat his response as if, like, this is a corporate email that he didn't answer within a day. I'm yes. so sorry. It was away from I my desk. This. Yes, regrets. Yeah. Circling back to our previous conversation. <laughs> but then it gets it gets a little weird because Travis is kind of glum and uh, Bridget says, nothing these tickles can't like fix. And so she starts tickling Travis. It's, it's weird. It's yeah. weird. It's weird to like <laughs> see Travis like stoic boy be like ticklish and be giggly. A little tickly man. A little, little tickly man. Yes. It's just, it's... It's so strange. <laughs> and Lily, like, the friends approach, and Lily particularly has this, like, what the fuck look on her face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, boy. I don't know. Maybe she's not as deep into the river feels as we thought she was. Who is this Bridget, and how come Travis has never mentioned her? You think you know a guy, and then, oh, wait, this is Travis. We know nothing about him. He's a blank. In the cafeteria line, 
Ray, Robbie, and Lily are kind of talking about, you know, they're trying to figure out who Bridget is, and they're talking about the fact that they don't know too much about Travis's past, and Ray starts doing some heavy theorizing that really falls in line with what we've been talking about. Perfect. (laughs) He's like, oh, I bet his family's on the run, and he had to get plastic surgery, and, like, Robbie calls... Travis, like the international man of mystery, and it's it's all coming together. We're not the only ones who think Travis is an international spy. It's all fallen into place. Yes. But uh, we see Bridget and Travis kind of eating lunch by themselves. Bridget's kind of like petting Travis's arm. And Lily's very much like, I want answers. Who's this Bridget person? So, you know, we continue to see, like, Lily's kind of... Yeah, I don't... She's not feeling too good about Bridget being around Travis. And... Yeah, the, the the theme of not really knowing Travis continues into the radio show where they decide to have like a quiz, like sort of a friendship quiz where Robbie and Lily are guessing Travis's favorites with Ray hosting and they get nothing right. <laughs> well, and, and part of that isn't their fault because the first question yeah. is what's Smog's favorite color and his answer is plaid. <laughs> It's true. They're very Travisian answers. So I feel like you have to have an, an understanding of the inner depths of Travis to know that he would come up with an answer like that. But we get a montage where we see some of his answers, which include Edward Scissorhands, Silver Surfer, and Wasabi with a frowny face. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it has kind of a sad end. Like Travis looks kind of <laughs> like upset that clearly, you know, they don't know him. And so... Robbie tries to bring it around by being like, well, hey, let's do How Do Well Do You Know Shady Lane instead? And he turns it into this thing. He's like, yes, Shady Lane's favorite comedy duo. And, you know, Ray says Fast and Dirty. And they're about to say that's correct when Lily, like, meaningfully buzzes in. And Robbie's like, oh, no. (laughs) And so they're having a heart-to-heart outside where Lily's like, I've just outgrown this stuff. Like, it's gross, man. Like, singing about cat poo isn't that funny anymore. (laughs) And Robbie's just like, ah, cat poo. (laughs) For for those of you who can't see it, Sammy just raised her hand as if she were looking into Yorick's skull. Yes. Or I'm that meme, like, is this a butterfly? Um, (laughs) Is this a bird? Is this a cat? Um, But I always appreciate seeing little bits of Robbie and Lily's friendship, like that being a subplot. Um, And Robbie's kind of sad because it's something that they've always shared, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I think part of the reason why he enjoys it so much is it's something that he and Lily share together. And Lily's like, well, we can miss this show together if that makes you feel better. And Robbie's like, no. <laughs> it doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> Is she your twin sister that your mother abandoned at birth and now she's back? No. She an old girlfriend? No, we're just friends. We met when her mom had an architectural project in Hong Kong and my dad had a gig at the embassy. So the gang is at Mickey's just chatting and then they hear like somebody making crow noises and... <laughs> Like, Travis looks kind of embarrassed, and when, like, the person continues making crow noises, Travis does them back, and it turns out it's Bridget, and they do it because- It's just a Bridget thing. It's just a Bridget thing, but they do it because it was, like, from a cartoon that they grew up watching, which, like, I feel like that's, like, generic enough that- No, it's not. No, it's not from a cartoon. And no, you don't need to be doing that in public. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I also, I, I realized as we were watching this scene, I feel like I need to mention on, on this audio format podcast, but just like the bizarre jacket uh, Bridget's wearing in that scene, it has like a giant green flower on the like 
chest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's bizarre. It's just like a brown jacket with a giant fucking green flower made of something. I don't know. It it's very bad. But um Ray starts trying to grill Bridget for details on Travis. Um and Travis gets pissed off and says, you know, Bridget, we have better better things to do. And then they leave. Um, so yeah, Ray, I don't know. Ray's really trying to like slip Travis up or something. Or uh, he, he yells after. He's like, hey, if you have any stories about Travis and bodily functions, give me a call. Did he piss himself? <laughs> Did he piss himself? Please tell Spidal me. information. But then we go to uh, Robbie and Lily in the hallway the next day and kind of in a reverse of the conversation they had about uh, Fast and Dirty, Lily's got this like bouncy ball with her that apparently is like one of their things. It's like a super bouncy, bouncy ball. And Robbie's over it and he's like, eh, I've just outgrown that. And then they, they try to like come up with other things that like they still have, you know, from their childhood, from all of their time of being best friends. And they're they're having trouble coming up with stuff. That's okay. They're still friends. It's just yeah. them like realizing that they've outgrown a lot of the stuff that, you know, stuck around from the start of their friendship. But yeah. then we get this really weird scene of Bridget doing Tai Chi in the school gym. But there's like the sound of people playing maybe basketball or like some sort of physical <laughs> activity in the gym. You can't see them. You can only see Bridget and Ray when Ray comes in. But there's like the definite sound of other people being in this gym. So what is happening? Are they playing basketball and she's just at the other end of the court? Yeah. Or like, do they just play an ambient track while nothing's going on? <laughs> <laughs> just to make the gym feel like Jimmy. Feels you like know. a gym. <laughs> but uh, Ray, like gym. Ray, you know, comes in, sees Bridget by herself and like kind of fakes his way of like doing Tai Chi beside her and... You know, she she calls him out on on it. Um, and he's he's there to, you know, predictably try to get more dirt on Travis, <laughs> try to get like some embarrassing stories about um, Travis from when Bridget knew him. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And, you know, Ray lets it slip that Travis has never mentioned her before. He's never talked about her. Ouch. And that is enough to give Bridget the motivation to give him something really juicy about Travis. What could it be? What could it be? I guess we'll find out in the second half. Hey, it's Franklin. It's coming over. Oh shit, is it Franklin? Yes. Oh my god. This week's CanCon commercial break is Franklin. Hey, it's Franklin. Coming over to play. So Franklin oh, shit, it's Franklin. Oh, shit, it's Franklin. Um, Franklin. So Franklin first aired from 1997 to 2004. It was produced by Nelvana, and it aired on Family and Treehouse. So the series itself was based on the Franklin the Turtle series of books by Paulette Bourgeois. Um, she was originally from Winnipeg, and then post post high school, she studied occupational therapy at Western, the University of Western Ontario. Hello. Oh, um, sweet. And then she later studied journalism at Carleton and became a freelance journalist in Washington, D.C. in the late 70s. She returned to Toronto in 1983 and then got an MFA in creative writing for UBC. So very, very cool um, educational journey. 
After the birth of her first child, Natalie, she decided to write a children's book. Inspired by the season seven episode of MASH, Cave, where Hawkeye Pierce admits (laughs) that he is claustrophobic. Where Hawkeye Pierce admits- Excuse me, what? (laughs) Where Hawkeye Pierce admits that he is claustrophobic and refuses to go into a cave. If I were a turtle, I would be afraid of my own shell, he explained. So, you know, thank you, Alan Alda, for bringing us Franklin, is all I'm saying. It all comes back to Alan Alda. It always Alan Alda's. Alan Alda time. Jesus Christ. My girl wants to Alan Alda time. Alan Alda time. Alan Alda time. (laughs) (laughs) So that led to Franklin in the Dark, which was illustrated by Brenda Clark and published in 1986. So other works from Paulette include Big Sarah's Little Boots and Oma's Quilt, which was made into a short for the NFB, and also You, Me, and My OT, which was a picture book explaining what kind of work OTs do. So a really cool, like, full circle for her to, like, go back to, you know, her occupational therapy roots and bring that into her creative writing world and write about, you know, being an occupational therapist. It's really cool. Um, Very cool. In 2003, she became a member of the Order of Canada, and in 2007, she received an honorary Doctor of Laws from Western and an Award of Merit from the Canadian Association of Occupational Therapists. So, very cool, Paulette Bourgeois. Like, down with the bourgeoisie, except for you. (laughs) So that's about, like, the the roots of the books themselves. Uh, When it came to adapting it into a TV show, the development design was done by Kurt Lenner. He's got a ton of other work under his belt. Uh, Many famous movies and TV shows, including things like Gargoyles, The Rescue Heroes, All Dogs Go to Heaven 2, Space Jam, Wildcats, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas, Rupert, The Marvel Action Hour, uh, Iron Man, The Fantastic Four, Ned's Newt. So it has done like a ton of like character design and animation kind of work. So while he did not continue to work on the series design team, um, he was just kind of part of this initial development uh, process. Um, He was also the person that designed a lot of the characters. So he designed Franklin for the show, Beaver, Rabbit, and Skunk. And then uh, other people on the crew, of course, you've got executive producer, who else but Michael Hirsch, the the man behind so much of Canadian kids media. He's here too. The king. The king. So a bit about the show, Um, this is from the Wikipedia page, Franklin focuses on the eponymous growing young turtle who, as his television stories and books always begin, could count by twos and tie his shoes. He goes to school, lives in a small village called Woodland with his friends, and has many adventures playing and learning in the world around him, sometimes with the helping hand of an adult such as his parents, Mr. and Mrs. Turtle. Franklin likes swimming, arts and crafts, especially drawing, and loves shoe fly pie. He's been known to be afraid of the dark and thunderstorms. Franklin has a best friend named Bear, as well as a blue blanket and a blue stuffed dog named Sam. In earlier seasons, he sleeps with his blanket and Sam. When Franklin is scared by thunderstorms, Sam and his blue blanket help keep him calm. So that's like the entire like synopsis of the show from Wikipedia. That's just... That's it. It's, it's like a very, very sweet, um, wholesome kind of little show, you know. Got Franklin. There's a storm in every fucking episode. I will say there's like an entire like within the the Wikipedia page, there's a section that's like dedicated just to like sports and games played in Franklin. And it's just like there's one episode what? where they played hockey and there's one where they played soccer. And look, they played football. And it's just like a whole paragraph that's just like 
They played sports. I love Wikipedia. It's a... I, I don't understand it a lot of the time. It's so good. Some very of the, fun. Just some of the paragraph and section choices you'll find on pages. So is good. It's wonderful. So good. So going into the cast, um, obviously the show's got a pretty um, big cast. So I'll only dive into a couple of the characters. But Franklin himself was voiced by none other than Noah Reed, Patrick from Schitt's Creek, our oh, boy. Oh, shit! It's just that it's not much fun. We haven't won one game. Oh, man, he was Franklin He all was along. Franklin all along. He's been here our whole lives. We didn't even know it. Thank you, Noah Reed. Wow. Thanks, Noah. But I'll also just quickly touch on the voice actors for his parents. So you've got Richard Newman as Mr. Turtle. Maybe today will be different. Never know what a good breakfast will do for you. This man has more voice credits to his name than I could possibly list. He's got something like 200 credits on oh, IMDb. Um, he's done a ton of wow. uh, anime, uh, did Dragon Ball Z, and a ton of other like animated shows. Johnny Tess, My Little Pony, Friendship's Magic. Uh, importantly, Mary-Kate and Ashley in action. Oh, hell and yeah. And he was uh, Totosai in Inuyasha, which was cool for me. Uh. And then you've also got Elizabeth Saunders as Mrs. Turtle who uh, Sammy, and only Sammy, may know as Wicked Lady in Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon Dub. Oh, sick. <laughs> um, more recently, she's been in shows like Saving Hope, Alias Grace, and When Hope Calls, the When Calls the Heart spinoff. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds like basically like When Calls the Heart. That's I, hilarious. I saw like the cover of it, and I was like, oh, it's it's three white women and a Mountie. Of course, it, it's a When Calls the Heart property. Is that the spinoff they had to make after Lori Loughlin got arrested? I'm, I'm assuming that that had to be part of it, right? But I, I read the synopsis briefly, <laughs> and I think it was like two orphan sisters get separated and find each other again in like rural Alberta in the 1900s or something like that. Oh, shit. And then they find Heartland. And then they fuck a Mountie. <laughs> That's how it goes. So um, I looked up petitions for Franklin, but... You know, it's very hard to find the things that are specifically about Franklin the Turtle. I've got, like, three <laughs> three ways that these petitions went. The first one, semi-predictably, was for a petition about saving the turtles. Fair. Right. Um, the second one was for changing the racially offensive mascot of Franklin High School. Wow. A, a, a very important... To a turtle. A very... <laughs> Just make it Franklin the Turtle. Um, a very important conversation, yeah. but not not the one that I was specifically looking for. But then I also found two petitions about Jeff Franklin, the creator of Full House. Oh, shit. How did I know? I somehow knew it was going to be <laughs> Jeff Franklin related. This one's called Fuller oh, House God. Season 2. Please omit overtly sexual innuendos and references to drugs. Oh, my God. Oh. Fans of Full House, you were excited to learn of the sequel called Fuller House. You were even more excited to learn that all the original cast were reprising their roles, except Michelle, but that's okay. Maybe she'll visit someday. What you didn't know was how many <laughs> sexual innuendos and references to sex and drugs they would be. In my opinion, aside from the snappy catchphrases and the original actors, the premise was nothing like the original that we all knew and loved. I feel the writer, Jeff Franklin, and producers totally underestimated us fans, and it's just plain insulting. Why, if we loved the original Full House so much, would we even want to see a show with Stephanie flaunting her well-endowed chest 
or her making a snide remark about Jackson blowing his volcano, or the many makeout scenes, or what about Kimmy referencing dropping acid? Why would we want to see or hear this? I can almost guarantee at least half the viewers were under 20 and prob half of those being under 10. This is purely speculation, but considering the original has been on Nickelodeon networks for over 15 years, it would stand to reason many viewers are children. I am hoping with enough signatures, the writers and producers will make the second season of Fuller House just as clean and family-oriented as the original. Please sign if you feel the same way. I feel like this person missed the first three years of the show, which is all like Uncle Jesse hooking up with like everyone he can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do I, I do have to share one of the comments from this. It says, I'm so disappointed. I was saddened to have to shut off my TV and not be able to watch this classic family show with them. I was expecting the clean, wholesome show that I watched as a kid, but now there is bad language, talk about sex and drugs, and other touchy subjects. Even saddened to hear DJ curse when she is iconically known for being an example of Christ. Candace Cameron swore she is not of God. Candace Cameron. What do you know of hell? Candace Cameron pure? More like Candace Cameron (laughs) unpure. But you'll you'll remember I said I had two Jeff Franklin petitions, so that was the first one. Yeah, uh, oh fuck. The second one is Jeff Franklin, creator of Full and Fuller House, get a checkmark verification on Twitter. Oh no. He is the creator of Full and Fuller House, owner of Franklin Productions, writer and director of many TV shows, including Hanging with Mr. Cooper and movies. He is a very well-respected man and deserves verification on Twitter. <laughs> That's it. Oh my <laughs> Okay, how many signatures did that one have? Six. Six. (laughs) Jeff Franklin started this himself, I feel like. Petition to get Mm -hmm. Jeff Franklin verified on Twitter. I was hoping, like, one of the petitions would be like, hey, let's. Like, stop letting Jeff Franklin make shows since he clearly hasn't. <laughs> he's, like, stopped, like, Never learning. Never forget Jeff Franklin is a racist. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, uh, this petition in particular has two comments. The first one says, this man is amazing. And the second one says, because I can. Because I can. Oh, God, what a good reason for doing something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus so, Christ. Uh, for for all of your Franklin related petition needs, there you go. Oh. So uh, there's there's a lot of like Franklin merch floating around. I, I did a search through eBay to see what I could find. There's there's tons of like plush toys and like backpacks and and things like that. You know, um, I found like a felt playboard, which is very cute. I had one of those. Yes. that was like a big comfy couch one. They were super fun to play with as a kid, and like board games and things like that. I also found stamps. They were like commemorative stamps. Franklin stamps. Well, I guess when you make the author an Order of Canada person, then like you gotta make stamps. Also on Toronto Island, um, you can visit Franklin Children's Gardens, which is like a, a Franklin themed little like, garden and it's got like a little statue of them and there's like little oh. like areas within it like that are kind of Franklin themed. So there's like Franklin's pollination station and there's like a little snail trail. And hide and seek garden. It looks really, really cute. There's like, yeah, that's like a adorable. Little bronze statue of Franklin and his friends, and it's so cute. There's Aww. a little turtle pond and everything. Like that's adorable. That's very nice. So I I went into kind of Franklin fandom. Didn't didn't dive too deep, but um, <laughs> I did enjoy the fact that on the you know going into the fandom wiki for Franklin, I found one blog post 
uh, across the whole fandom. It's from March 9th, 2019. And it says, hello, everybody. A nonprofit organization called Restore the Magic needs help in getting 10,000 signatures on their petition. The petition is to help get the director's cut of Thomas and the Magic Railroad released. The deadline for <laughs> signing along with reaching this goal is May 1st, 2019. Please share the petition. Director's so, cut, it, the one where Thomas love swears. It. <laughs> I, I just, I love that that is the only post. <laughs> yeah. To get this director's cut of a Thomas the Tank Engine movie. Of the lost edition of the Thomas the Tank Engine movie. Wild. Yeah. But also oh, in my uh, in my wiki adventures, I found this in the films, TV shows, and wildlife wiki trivia section for Franklin. This says the episode Franklin's music lessons contain not one but two egregious errors. One, as oh, Franklin shit. plays the C the C G C G pattern on the piano, the G key plays a C note, and vice versa. Two, Franklin sits on the right side of Ms. Panda during the Row, Row, Row Your Boat duet, but he plays the lower notes, and Ms. Panda on the left plays the higher notes. A piano is designed with the lower notes on the left of the keyboard, and vice versa. Like, God, cancel Franklin. Just learned how to play the piano and was like, I am so much smarter than Franklin, this (laughs) dumb bitch. (laughs) Franklin's become pretty, uh, pretty memefied. I found a Facebook page called If Beaver is a Beaver and Bear is a Bear, then why isn't Franklin Turtle? And it's just like Franklin and also just like general turtle like shit posts. It's just like random, <laughs> random memes, partially about Franklin specifically and then partially just about turtles. But going into uh, the Know Your Meme for Franklin, we can get oh, a little no. bit more specific about what kind of posts you can find. There's uh, two quite prominent Franklin-related memes that have arisen over the years. First one is called Danklin, which refers to a series of images that edits the uh, the character Franklin, uh, typically recontextualizing him with bloodshot eyes as a drug user and as a drug dealer. <laughs> That's fun. And then you've also got the book covers meme. So on March 20th, 2018, Redditor Moonbeam My Banshee posted a parody Franklin book cover on the Reddit uh, Dank Memes subreddit. The post featured Franklin dancing with a goose and the title Franklin Ends a Race War. No! <laughs> what? You can, you can find these all over the internet, just like Franklin book covers that people have made. Most of them are terrible. Most of them are like... Some of them are the worst things that I've ever seen. Like, horrible oh, no. to conceptualize. Uh, my my favorite one that I've seen is Franklin's successful attempt at voter fraud. <laughs> it's just it's just people editing the book covers of these Franklin books. They're wild. Yes. There's a handful of them that are really good. Most of them are just real crass. But like, yeah. What a what a fun fun thing to make into a meme. I'm I'm all for like an edited book cover. Give me a, oh, give yeah. me a paperback paradise any day. But uh, yes, you got to do it with some finesse. It takes some finesse or like, what was it? Neil Cicerica did a series where it was that um, it was that series. I can't remember the name of it, but it was always like Yetis don't go to the beach or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he, he would like change them to be like really aggressive. So it'd be like <laughs> eat sand and die. <laughs> yes. That's right. So uh, wrapping this up, there was a follow-up series called Franklin and Friends. Uh, the second series was released 
in 2011 and it ran to 2013 and was very similar in how it ran um a lot of the same characters returning and some of the same voice crew with a major difference being that this one was cgi animated so franklin for the new generation but yeah i like franklin it's cute i remember having a couple of the books i remember watching some of the show yeah it's just a fun little wholesome little show so we'll just dive into a couple of reviews today's reviews come from common sense media this first one says obnoxious I understand that this is a children's show and kids will be kids, but honestly, Franklin almost always spends the majority of the episode causing or creating issues and handling them the the wrong way. Not enough time is spent focusing on the wrong behavior. Honestly, almost every episode, Franklin does something obnoxious to his friends who always forgive him. On top of that, does anyone else find Beaver to be one of the most obnoxious characters on television? Why do they hang out with her? Why do any of them hang out with Franklin? On all of television. This one's called Growing Up. Franklin is a show that expresses real-world real issues with children and always comes to the right conclusion. Some characters face dilemmas maybe about lon- loneliness, feeling inadequate, like Snail was in one episode, and even Beaver with her bossy-like attitude. But really, who hasn't had a bossy friend that they still love? The best thing about Franklin is growing up and realizing this along the way, and also living life to the fullest. Oh, what a, what a takeaway. Yeah. And then uh, we've got... This one that says, Wonderful Franklin will teach your children good role models. It is educational and is will send good messages across to your children. Although it does have a bit of bad words in it, that is nothing to worry about. Unless you don't want your kids hearing them. Bad words are only in, in two to three and they are stupid or hate. But I haven't heard them except for one time on Franklin's bad day. I hope you will let your children watch it because it is such a good movie. <laughs> Do you guys remember that Franklin episode where he's just like... Oh. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm oh, not even fuck. supposed to be here. <laughs> this final review says, I hate the show. Oh, bad word. Unlike Charlie and Lola, Horrid Henry, Wow Wow Wubsy, and Sean the Sheep, and like those stupid Teletubbies, Franklin is a stupid little turtle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so many You're bad just words. A stupid little turtle, aren't you? <laughs> Ah, you stupid little turtle. I hate this show. I only like the CGI remake. The remake is called Franklin and Friends. It used to air on Tiny Pop. The remake is okay, but the original, this show, is no fun. I don't like it. I give this two stars for being so, uh, disappointing. Just say no to Franklin. Just say no to Franklin, kids. So, uh, I didn't have to go far to find an RFR connection in this one because Al McAdam voices the character Fox in the show. Aww. It really gets my goat. Doesn't it get your goat, Smog? Yes, it's lame. Yes, it's disturbing. But am I really going to tear down some lonely kid's dorky dream? Coming back to the show, we're in the radio station. We're getting another Stuck in Pronto's Cross segment where it seems to be randomly about kid magicians and how it bothers Pronto that people make fun of kid magicians. And everybody's kind of confused. Like, you know, they go off air and they're like, where did that come from? And Ray's like, I don't know. Why don't you ask Alchemist? And it turns out that Travis used to be super into magic and he wore his like magic outfit to school and had his teacher call him Alchemist or The Alchemist. The Alchemist. Right. The Alchemist. And uh, in in a very good Travis bit, uh, he goes into how it's important to call him the alchemist because alchemy has a long and storied history. But yes. the other three are just like losing it 
laughing and calling him a wiener and stuff. And oh, but like Tiny Trap is being a little magician. Oh, it's so cute. You know, it helped him disappear all of the confidential information that he was gathering as a tiny spy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and we get another, in our sort of B-plot, we get a moment where Robbie and Lily are kind of la- continuing to laugh at Travis outside. And uh, Robbie asks Lily if she's into magic anymore. And Lily's like, no, but I like slow-mo fighting. And she goes to like slow-mo punch Robbie. And he's like, no. So they're still like, oh no, kind all these odds. weird, stupid things. So then later on at Mickey's, we get uh, another scene between Travis and Bridget and Ray. Um, and we, we get kind of like the aftermath of Travis being like very, very pissy about, uh, (laughs) you know, how, how Ray handled this. And also like Bridget for, for telling, uh, Ray this, this dark secret of his past that he was a kid magician. Calm down. Um, so then they, they have like a, a conversation about like, remembering like the the buddhist tenets and it's it's interesting to see like somebody matching travis on this level because that's just like yeah. his thing so like seeing seeing it like him have somebody who understands that part of him is cool bridget like fully calls him out on it too because travis is going into his as the buddha once said and bridget's fully like oh you're really good at the holy man on the mountain thing but there's yeah. this whole other part to zen that you're not like honoring about yeah. being open and stuff <laughs> yeah yeah she she calls him on his kind of superiority complex and tells yeah. him like it's just as important to be able to laugh at yourself like that's also part of this set of beliefs so she pulls out she's like, well, you know, what What better way to like dive back into this part of yourself than doing the disappearing egg trick? And she for some reason has an egg. Why does she have an <laughs> <Yeah>. egg? <laughs> she just has a raw egg. She was like ready for this specific gamble or like that like, she was. You can't yeah, even be like this was her, her lunch and she brought like hard boiled eggs. It's just a raw egg. Straight up raw Where egg. Where is she keeping it? That's Did she just nasty. ask Mickey? He's like, "Hey, Mickey, you got an egg?" <laughs> I I don't think Mickey's does food, so like, how long has that egg been unrefrigerated? Travis kind of reluctantly agrees, and he's like, "All right, gather around. Look at look at the disappearing <laughs> egg trick." And he does kind of his like magician's preamble, and like a sizable crowd, like everybody at Mickey's, just kind of like stops and is like, <gasps> "Magic trick!" Yeah, and, and oh, is like shit. really into it, and it turns out. Uh, which I'm assuming this isn't the actual trick, given by how surprised Bridget looks. But Travis, uh, you know, puts the the egg under his like little napkin and raises it over the the table, and he's like, and just like that, it's gone. And he just drops it on Ray's head, <laughs> and it's uh, it's, very it's good. a good bit. It's a good bit. Yeah, we were best friends for two years, and you didn't tell anyone. You just forgot me, like I didn't even exist. You didn't write or call once in the 10 months you've been gone. In the cafeteria, Travis is like mulling things over and twirling his little flip phone around. And Bridget comes up to talk to him about, you know, and she kind of opens up and said she did want to him. She was intending to humiliate him with the whole telling Ray about the alchemist thing because she was really hurt about the fact that Travis like forgot about her. You know, he didn't get in touch at all, even though they were best friends for all those years. 
And it's this is like the episode of people speaking dramatically while facing away from each other. Like she faces towards the window away from Travis. It's like, you forgot about me. Yeah. And Travis is like, I'm sorry. I just, I can only, I have to move on from my past. It's the only way I can keep moving anywhere. And, uh, you know, she says like, I'm a different person now. This extremely stoic 14 year old is just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's always funny to remember that this is a teenager and he's just like being so dramatic. And Bridget's yeah. like, you're, st yeah, you're still the same person. And he's like, I'm sorry, you have to forget me. And it's just like, so ridiculous. So over the top. <sighs> yeah. I, I do like, though, that we get, like, uh, a concrete timestamp that Travis moved 10 months prior. So we see he's only oh, been in Roscoe true. for 10 months. So this, yeah. this entire series really only takes place over about a year. Then over in RFR... Robbie is playing My Cat's Bum uh, on the radio, uh, the Fast and Dirty song. And he's like, you know, don't forget to catch their show because I'm not going to be going to their show. And it's this whole thing where Robbie and Lily, well, more Robbie. Robbie's upset that Lily doesn't like the thing anymore. And Ray's all like, stop being so weird. You guys are still best friends. And Robbie's like, yeah, but we don't like all the same dumb stuff anymore. And <laughs> I think he's, he's continuing to put a little bit too much on it. But then we get uh, a kind of follow-up scene outside of the, the station where, you know, Travis and, and Ray kind of make up. Travis apologizes for the, the way that he's been acting. And uh, they, they have, like, a, a kind of, like, nice little conversation that actually, you know, ends with Travis. It kind of dawning on him that he, he doesn't want to, you know, just forget about his past. And he's realizing he doesn't just want to forget about roscoe because ray kind of turns it into, into this whole bit he's like well you know the, the way that you live you can just you can forget all about me and i'm gonna be stuck with the memories of you forever and travis is like i, I don't <laughs> want to forget this place and it's it's actually like a very sweet moment and we get this kind of bit moment of clarity for travis that comes from a very unexpected place for him it's really nice and again half of it is dramatically told facing away just like oh i can't forget anymore or I always forget the things because I'm dramatic and I'm Travis. Just gonna squint off into the sunset. It's a good bit though. I always like yeah. to see heartwarming Ray and Travis moments. Can you pass me my pencil? Lily? One pencil coming right up, Robbie. Thank you. Lily? So Robbie and Lily are studying in Lily's amazing bedroom and it's real weird. <laughs> It's they're just, just like they're really like formal with each other yeah it's very strange know, their whole plot line this episode is really weird yeah but it ends up kind of sweet because you know lily's kind of tired of things being strange so she plays fast and dirty for robbie and he's like i thought you hated them and she's like i do but i like that it makes you happy and it's really nice and yeah. they end up deciding to go to the show anyway because they're just having a good time together and for some reason like everybody's there <laughs> Yeah, like gang's all there, and and Ray yeah. was there. Why couldn't Robbie just have gone with Ray? I know. Why did it have it's to be like, like Lily's weird... not going? Guess I can't go. So your favorite, you can yeah. go alone, or you can go with your stupid friend. Yes, and Bridget's there, and I I have I have to wonder, like being somebody who's new to this tiny little town, like what an impression this is. Oh yeah. <laughs> What a what a cultural delight to 
see this comedy duo. We we go into this bit at, at Mickey's with Fast and Dirty playing this like song making fun of jazz. So it's just meant to be like really offbeat and kind of like off key and, and random. So it's like yes. totally just awful to listen to to have that be yeah. like uh fun fun makeup setting and also ooh, romantic chemistry. Ooh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a weird mishmash. It's really weird. Yeah. Travis does the whole thing. He pulls the same at the bed at the beginning where it's like hands over the eyes. Guess who? It's me. And then he apologizes to Bridget and he pulls out like a like a magician bouquet of flowers and gives it to her. And mm. they look at each other very meaningfully as the as the episode ends and Robbie and Lily have made up. Ray's just doing his own thing, and who knows what's going to go on with Travis and Bridget, because they're looking at each other very significantly. So over in Mickey's desks for this episode, we've got Please Wait Up For Me by Sherwood, and then we get three little samples of uh, Fast and Dirty tracks. We get You, we get Jazz, and of course we've got My Cat's Bum, originally titled My Cat's Ass, but of course uh, censored for, for the family channel. We pretty much covered fast and dirty. I'm impressed that Jody managed to find anything because, yeah, it's a difficult thing to Google. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, obviously there isn't a lot of live entertainment happening right now, but I'm assuming that when things are up and running again, they'll they'll still be performing at SoCap. So uh, Toronto Toronto comedy fans can go check out their improv troupe. If you're not already, you can give us a follow on social media. We're at Podcast Free Roscoe on Facebook and Instagram, and Pod Free Roscoe on Twitter. You can also shoot us an email at podcastfreeroscoe at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show, of the podcast, of any CanCon memories that you have. Or better yet, send us a voice clip and we'll put you on the air. For now, this is Podcast Free Roscoe signing off.